silence in the court. All rise for the honorable judges. Hi, and welcome to Talking Shondaland for the People edition. Uh, this week, it is just Kay and I, the married couple. Because we're talking about a married couple, Little Bell. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you, uh, lovely wife? I'm well. I'm yeah. drinking tea. Yeah. I'm discussing a show I like with a person I love. Oh. Isn't how, that nice? How better could it get? Uh-huh. Well, I'm sick. Very sick. I'm sure people can tell. Yes. If my accent seems a little bit strange this week, it's because... I am sick. All right, let's get to for the people. All right, that's what we're here to do. So this week, the episode is called One Big Happy Family. Because we, we are family. Uh, uh, uh. I got all my sisters with me. Oh, uh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know the rest. <laughs> <laughs> and the writer of this lovely episode is Michelle Lertzman. Director... Directed by Claudia Yarmi. So it's a female-driven episode. We assume. Yes. We're assuming gender. Hashtag politically incorrect. Mm-hmm. Should never do that. No. So this week on the docket, we have three accusations per person since we are one person down. Right. Sports, we miss you. We do, always. Always. Ooh, but if you miss sports, we recorded a podcast about Grey's Anatomy covering the episode titled Silent All These Years, which was a very good episode. Mm -hmm. So if you miss her, I suggest that you listen to that. Kay cried. During that episode? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I cried during this episode as well. Yeah. <laughs> little little Belle makes her cry. That is true, but that's... <laughs> this, Why you cried at the, the end? It's the kids. Yes, but also because Little Bell hugged uh, at the end. Okay. Which is funny. I never thought I would find a ship that she ships more than me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. Since you are not the host and you're making me lose my voice even more, how about you bring the first accusation okay. to the table? The first accusation I would like to discuss is straight on the topic. I want to talk about the Kids for Cash scandal, which is another um, scandal ripped from the headline. Uh headlines where judges accept kickbacks for sending children into uh, for-profit detention centers. Um, it is something that happened in real life. Can you believe it? Hurting, dun, dun, dun. hurting children like that. It's also something we've seen in fiction uh, elsewhere. If you remember correctly, in Orange is the New Black, uh, it's not children that are involved, but they talk about detention centers that are for profit and how they overcrowd them. And they, um, I mean, the goal is to make money. So, of course, they cross boundaries and people are neglected and whatnot. So, Orange is the New Black addresses that. I also, it's funny because very recently I listened to a podcast that talked about the Kids for Cash scandal um and if people are interested in hearing more about it um the podcast is called swindle uh and the title of that episode is the judge and it's i tell you guys very very it's eerily similar to what we saw in for the people it is a judge he went in the different schools spoke to the kids told them that it was 
uh, upholding the law was extremely important. And then when those kids from that community would find themselves in his courtroom, he would send them in those detention centers um, and with extremely, with super, with huge, 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 what are they Sentences. called? Sentences. Sentences, sorry, yes. Um, yeah, it's, it was funny that I listened to that podcast recently and for the people addressed it. Um, well, I know it's similar in a way, and I'm not a regular audience member of Riverdale, but there was... Oh, boy. <laughs> there was a... The least realistic show on TV. <laughs> no, but, like, that's the first time I was ever exposed to something of this... Similar? Sim- sim- something of similar this content too. was when Archie was sent to the detention center that Hiram Lodge had in his back pocket and had the judge send him to this detention center that he pretty much had all this money invested and ruled the guards and the, like, you know... That's my first exposure. Riverdale, the, educating the Riverdale. <laughs> I don't watch it. I don't I honestly don't watch it very often. But when I do, apparently it's these kind of episodes. And uh, that was the first exposure I got to it. And then after that, it seemed that I was always coming across these types of situations where kids were sent away or sentenced or yeah. well, always, used I don't think for it's... someone else's gain. I don't think it's something that's common. Uh, I will no, say that... No, it's not. But it was just funny how I happened to come across yeah. this after that uh, one Riverdale episode that I watched. The Swindle episode addresses two judges. Uh, between them, I think they accepted $2 million in kickback, which is a considerable amount. Um, so, yeah, it's something that really happens. So, you know, you think that seeing Joe's children standing up and telling their stories was touching. Just go to listen to that podcast and hear the parents and those people to whom it really happened. It is a tragedy, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I, I, if you want to hear more and if you want to hear people who truly went through it, I highly recommend listening to Swindle, which is not good. Like, it's it's about scandals and the government taking advantage of us and things that are pretty... It's not good for for mental health, but it's still very informative. Mm-hmm. So if you want to start your day mentally damaged, Swindle does for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my first accusation is concerning the ship that the writers may or may not intended to give us. The ship we have been wanting. <laughs> Since last podcast. That apparently we like requesting. Requested <laughs> that they work together. Though it doesn't make sense considering they had filmed this pr- prior to us having No, the we podcast. know that. But we're like, let's have No, I know, Jill but it's do- like we have intuition when it comes to Why? what the episode exactly. is going to be. Yeah. So... My accusation is that Kate is impacting Sandra while Sandra is impacting Kate. Mm-hmm. We seen the impact that Kate had on Sandra, as in Sandra was cleaning her office and Allison, Allison was freaking out. Which you almost predicted. I did. I did say in the previous podcast that... Maybe one day Kate would be in there cleaning Sandra's office for right. her. But what happened was that Kate influenced Sandra so much that Sandra cleaned her own office. Which their reaction was so funny. 
And yes, it was pretty, pretty funny. And then Sandra impacted Kate in the way that Kate was being more... Well, she takes the case. She says to Roger, I took this case because Sandra Bell, a little girl and a pen, a letter penned in pink ink. Yes, Sandra makes Kate take the case. She makes Sandra be live it outside of her comfort zone. She makes Kate, yeah. Yeah. Sandra makes Kate live outside of her comfort zone. Which is not a bad place to be. Which is not a bad place (laughs) to be, says Roger. Mm -hmm. It makes good lawyers. It does. You know, but it's funny that it was Sandra that was doing it. And I like the fact that Sandra's like, I don't hear a no. And Kate was like, no, I'm pretty sure I said no. And it doesn't sound like a solid no. No, this is me saying no. No. That's the type of relationship they have where Sandra can very easily sway Kate. I mean, not easily. I mean, but I she can, s- that she can sway her is something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's uh, definitely an interesting relationship. The most interesting, you mean? The most interesting. I mean, even Ted noticed when going into Kate's office how clean it was and then side-eyed Sandra like, what is happening here? And Sandra being like, no, we're not going to talk about the fact that I had just spent most of the morning frantically cleaning my own office because he makes a comment this is really organized and then he looks at sandra and sandra's like uncomfortable it's it's hard to read the expression also sandra has little rainbow flags little rainbow okay the 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 little thingies that you put in your book what are they called little sticky notes sticky notes that obviously from Kate. No, not from... Everyone uses... Let's not... Okay, so, I mean, influenced by Kate. The same one Kate's used. Same one that Kate's used. But that's not the drama here, that she has those. Everyone has those. I go into any of my... the fact that Sandra is now using them. No, no, no. It's even worse. It's the placement of it. Because those little sticky notes, you place them with the the arrow facing you. You pull at it. You put it in your book. The way she holds it puts the little sticky notes in an horizontal fashion, which then makes me think of a rainbow, which then makes me think I should ship it for real. That's the tea, people. That's how much I analyze I don't, the show. I don't remember that. <laughs> I remember that. And then in transition to Kate's hand taking the sticky notes. We could rewatch, but we this is how I, I don't imagine it. That. Oh, it's how it went. K- then it showed Kate with the rainbow flags afterwards. They're not the rainbow flags, the sticky. They're sticky notes. Let's not the sticky call them. No- well, they were rainbow colored. I mean, colored. Colored. Yeah. So yeah, so so Sandra takes them from her desk. It transitions straight into Kate's office, t- 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 touching the same oh. kinds of sticky notes. Yeah, I can see that. I do have a question, though, when it comes to Little Belle. Is this queer bait? I don't. I I hope not. No. Because we've seen enough of that. Right. And I honestly don't think this show is trying to make us ship it. That's what they said about Swan Queen, but come on. No, but Swan Queen was so obviously queer baiting, I can't even deal with this. But that's how it started out. Um... Because I want to have faith in this show, I will say they know what they're doing. It's not baiting. If they want to head in that direction, they will. And they can. They have the storyline where one character is obviously bisexual. Right. We didn't get that with Well, we don't 
pansexual. We don't know. Well, we don't know what her sexuality is. But interested in more than one the gender, female sex, right? Um, but I mean, because my thing is, everyone is so concerned about Sandra and how, like, as soon as she sees her putting things away in her office, it's like, this is Kate Little John, this is Kate Little John, this is Kate Little John. She's possessed by Kate Little John. Right. And w- so, why is the, the, the reaction so big? Like, my, my thing was, does she fear that her friend is suddenly super in love with Kate Little John? But I think what it is, honestly, and what we're supposed to take away is that. Allison has seen the impact Kate has had on Jay and the trauma <laughs> of Jay that Kate has on Jay and how Jay's so afraid of her and whatnot. So she knows what it looks like when one of her colleagues works with Kate and how it changes them. I, I think I disagree. I think that what is happening here is that, yes, okay, maybe she knows about Kate's impact on Seth, but I think she just knows about Kate's... Jay. Jay is who I'm talking about. Oh, well, also Seth. But it's also said, but most J is J. Yeah. But also, I think she just knows Kate's reputation. Know. Yes, she knows about Kate's reputation and how she's like blunt and direct, and you know, like. And I think she's worried that she might have a bad influence on her chirpy, sweet Sandra Bell. But so they're so good how they influence each other. No, I know, but you know, I think she's worried that. You know, stern, cold Kate Little John might take away from her bubbly, warm friend. No, I just, I, I don't know. I, I think what's happening is my heart wants to go, but my, my head is holding me back and trying to make me... Whatever, you ship this more than me. Don't pretend like your head's holding but you I back. But I can't fully go in because I don't want my heart to be hurt. You're fully in. No. Yes, you are. If, it, don't if I don't, Stop if lying I don't claim yourself. it on the podcast, it's yeah, not true. That's lies. Anyway, move on. What is your um, second Something that's extremely funny. No, I, I, same topic. Something that's extremely funny is when they're all at the party at the end together. <laughs> Allison touches Kate's head and touches her hair. And my opinion of that scene is that, first of all, I mean, Kate's hair is flawless and awesome, so you have to touch it. But also, I think she's making sure that Kate's not a body snatcher. I think that's a joke. So she's making sure that Kate hasn't been body snatched by herself? By how Sandra, that... or that she hasn't body snatched Sandra. But how does touching Kate confirm whether she's a body snatcher? It's, it is well known that touching someone's hair is how you test if they're no, a body No, I think snatcher. why she's touching Kate is to make sure that this woman is even real in their house partying. Oh, that's so sweet. But like, it's a bit invasive to touch their hair. <laughs> I mean, they're all drunk. Yeah, they're having fun. Yes. Very cute scene. Anyway, for the second time. I will accuse this show of making me think. So, Roger, I mean, on deep topics. Because <laughs> it's hard to make me think. Um, um, Roger mentions that, or asks the question or brings up the question, uh, is the law enforced equally? Um, Kate is talking to him about the judge she wants to investigate or look into the situation, bring charges, and Roger asks the question, is the law enforced equally? Uh, Kate states that it should be, but we have plenty of examples in this episode where it isn't and maybe even where it shouldn't be. Like, we, are, we look at um, that judge bringing down the law 
in a way that is unfair on those children. We are question we question whether or not the judge will be punished equal to any other, to the way any other citizen would be. And then we have Donald with his stamps who's in a situation where uh, he wants to do what's right. He feels that the stamps should have been his. He feels that they were taken from him. And I find myself looking at a situation and at a circumstance, and I don't want a law or a justice system that just applies the same consequence to every type of, to the same crime, you know? Not every accusation of burglary should have the same sentence circumstance should play a part and the kind of person who commits the crime should play a part i mean in the end, like know? i mean you know i think he said he, his great niece was dying mm-hmm. and he didn't care whether he went away to jail i think the fact that he does not care that he was going away for jail says something about the reason why he's stealing these stamps in the first place which let me tell you donald was maybe one of the best things about this episode. It was great. I do love that man. Yeah. And I love that uh, Allison did something for him. Yay, Allison, bringing us back. Allison, who we've been wanting for the last three episodes. Five. Five episodes. We're at about six now? And we're at five, I think. Yeah, well, the last four episodes. I've missed her. I've missed her too, and I like that they bring her back with such a sweet case that shows us her 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 humanity yeah that shows us her as a person yeah and that we learn something new about her that she's good at talking with the elderly with Um, people in general she did say why but she talked about her grandpa and how she she convinced him to wear pants pants and things like that you know so it's interesting that we not only get a fun case with her but we also learn something or a skill she thinks she has though she when she ends up meeting donald she realizes it might not be easy mm-hmm. yay for making you think you're right yay. thank you for the people yay for the people so on topic of my first accusation because apparently i can never help myself when it comes to this character yeah boy are you going to talk about something else? Are you asking me whether my three points are literally just about Kate Littlejohn? Wait. No, they're not. Okay. Okay. So my accusation is this. Is there an inside joke between the cast and the crew about this epi- this show. show being all about Kate Littlejohn? Because we know for a fact the scene between Seth and Jay when they ask about Littlejohn we know for a fact that that was not scripted. It was improvised. And Ta- they laugh. Talk about the scene precisely. So, I can't remember. Okay, so Jay and, uh, Jay and Seth meet and Seth is on the phone talking about his landlord looking for... Mm-hmm. Uh, right. No, he's looking for a hotel and it's like $500 and he's freaking out and... Uh, and then Jay's like, oh, hey, why don't you come stay at my place? My parents love guests. And Seth's like, oh, I'm unsure. And Jay's like, no, no, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. And he's like... Yeah, sure, you know. Why not? Hey, how's Kate Little John? I don't care. And then they laugh. And then they laugh. Yes. Hey, how's Kate Little John? I don't care. And then they laugh. Yeah. And laugh. But then it's not just that. Is that the case, the big case is Kate's. The big closing arguments in this episode is Kate's. Allison, as soon as Sandra starts doing something, is all like, this is Kate Little John. This is Kate Little John. It's like suddenly 
everything is about Kate Wait, Littlejohn. Which... And I can tell you, like, even last week, was it last week's episode where Kate Littlejohn's only part in the episode was to give us random facts? Two episodes ago, yeah. That episode was just about her giving us random facts. They literally made sure that Susanna Flood was in that episode prominently. Right. Whereas Allison and Seth have just appeared and disappeared and appeared and disappeared since the season. They haven't been... It might be something they noticed. Like, it might be something the writer's room had noticed that we've used Kate a lot in the beginning of the season. We'll make a, jo- a few jokes about it. Like, But I don't see her going away anytime soon. I think they recognize they also have a talent that needs to be nurtured there. Right. Because she's an amazing actress. Yeah. That closing argument, honestly, was... Amazing. You it know? was akin to Hope Davis's argument. Yeah. Not quite as wow. I mean, Hope Davis is just. Hope Davis <laughs> is something, yes. Right. But I think Susanna Flood has the chops to be a Hope Davis or a Anna DeVere Smith actress. Well, you know, I was talking to sports in, in private, uh, whatever, in text, or I don't remember if it was on, on Skype, but doesn't matter. I was talking about. To sports about Susanna and uh, the actor that most reminds me of her is Richard Schiff who was on the West Wing who's now on The Good Doctor who plays Dr. Glassman on The Good Doctor because Richard Schiff when you look at his performance everything is deliberate everything has an intent a pause has an intent a movement of his jaw has an intent everything is so thought thought out and I feel like Susanna's acting is similar to that the pause have the movement of the brow the nose scrunching but do you know who everything. that reminds me of though also you're gonna love this Sarah Paulson oh She's very deliberate in the way she acts. Also, Kate Blanchett, who is also very deliberate in the way she acts. Like I've written, I've seen uh, um, interviews where she says she's just stood in the mirror for thirty minutes trying to perfect this one smile or this one, you know. Yeah. And, that, and we've seen Susanna with her script with the little tags hanging out the side. The little rainbows, as the we little call rainbow them flags now, hanging yeah. out the side <laughs> of her script. You know, she studies. Right. And studies and studies and studies, you know? Yeah. And like the way the way she was this Kate describes herself feels like a good description of Susanna's performance. It's just feels deliberate. And it's not it's deliberate. And I don't mean that as in it seems cerebral or like memorized. I really mean that as as in it feels She has an intent of where she's going with right. this exact scene. But yet she it feels organic. Yeah. Yes. So. She's she's very talented. Susanna, if you did not know, we love you. I don't think she knew, but no. I'm glad you told her. <laughs> okay, my dear. Your third accusation before well, I move on to my third accusation that does not contain Susanna Flood. Oh my God, spoiler. Um, well, my last accusation, actually, I kind of talked about it, but um, it was about... Allison, so I'm just gonna make one up on the spot. I'm gonna accuse uh, Jay's parents, Vera and Sam, of being great hosts. The parents we all want. Right? But but I mean, okay, so their reaction made me wonder, like, does Jay pretend like Seth is his best friend in the world? Did they think that Seth was like Jay's boyfriend? Like, They literally leapt at him like he was the most famous person in the world. Right. Do you know what that reminds me of? The time that we met Bailey Uh, Madison. Go tell the story. So, we were in Montreal 
Tell the people who Bailey Madison is. So Bailey Madison, if you do not know, plays young Snow White in Once Upon a Time. She was in Just Go With It with Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler. She was... Anyway, so we went to Montreal and we were there. It was my first time in Montreal. Uh, We decided to make a weekend of it. We went and we stayed in a very nice hotel. Uh, Just so happened that the first morning that we were there, we went down for breakfast. And I was sitting there and I looked at someone and was like, this person looks like Bailey Madison. And I was like, no. Well, I said to her, I said, does this person look like Bailey Madison? And she turned around and she said, no. Not at all. Not at all. And I turned around to look where I was pointing and it was a much older, much blonder woman. And she was like, no, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, okay, I, I guess I, I'm seeing things. So then we, we finished breakfast and we walk out. And just as we're walking out, there's this girl sitting at a table by herself. And I hit Kevin. I hit Kay. I was like, Kay, Kay, just as we walked out of the restaurant. And it was her. And it was Bailey Madison. So we so go to the elevator. We get in. After standing outside the restaurant for 10 minutes being like, what Should do we, we do? Talk? Do we go talk to her? Yeah. But it's like 7 o'clock in the morning. The girls are in PJs. Right. We don't want to disturb her. No. I don't want to be disturbed at 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm not even an actress. So whatever. We go in the elevator. And there's a man who c- comes on the elevator with us that we noticed was sitting with her. And unable to help myself, I turned around to him and I said, So were you sitting at the table with Bailey Madison by any chance? And he said, Yeah, I was actually. And I was like, Oh, wow. I thought it was her, but... I was not sure, you know, and it's seven o'clock in the morning and, you know, I was too shy to go up to her and disturb her. And he said, no, no, you should have. She would have loved to have met you. She really loves accents. She worked in New Zealand for this movie, this TV show, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, okay, well, missed opportunity. I'm I'm glad that I, you know, at least seen her. So then we get back to my hotel room and I decide to tweet her saying, hey, Bailey, you know, we really love your work, you know. Seen you he- I'd seen you in the hotel, not giving any specifics as to where she is, but, you know, that I was too shy to go up to meet her. She tweets me back and says, oh, my God, my set teacher, who we find out is the guy who was in the elevator with us, just told me about you. You totally should have come up and seen me. I would have loved to have met you. Hopefully we see each other around again soon. And that was it. And then the, na- the that night, we go out for dinner and we come back and we decide to have some drinks at the bar. Just as we're walking to the bar... Bailey Madison, her mother, and her teacher are sitting at a table drinking wine. Bailey's not drinking wine. She was only 15. They're all sitting there talking, discussing. And I'm like, okay, now here's my chance. Casually, casually, I walk past her desk and I t- uh, her table. And I knock on it. And all I want to say is, hi, Bailey. You know, uh, we're the people, we're the people who tweeted you. You know, you have, have a good night. And she stood up on her table no, on her. Ch- uh, well, on her at bench. her table on the bench and leapt over her mother into my arms, screaming and yelling like, "Oh my God! I'm so glad I met you! Oh my God! Finally, I was wondering. I was looking for you all day. Like, like I was a celebrity. It was surreal. She wanted us to take pictures without us even asking. Pictures after picture after picture. She invited us to sit and have a drink with her mom and her set teacher. And then when her mom. And she went to bed because she was filming the next day. She told her set teacher to stay with us and discuss it, uh, to, uh, to talk more. And then when he left, Bailey had mentioned possibly sitting down and having breakfast with one another 
we've seen each other the next day. Just so happened that we're next morning sitting down having breakfast. It's a little bit later than the previous day, so we thought we'd missed her. She slides into our booth and says, hey, mind if I join you? And that's our Bailey Madison story. And that's how... They relate to Vera and Sam. That's how it relates to Vera and... But it's intense. They're welcome. Well, that's how I felt with Bailey Madison when she leapt at me. I get it. I get his, uh, his like, well, what's happening for a second? Because... Is there a level of comfort you could meet with someone's parent where you would not go back to your own apartment or postpone going back to your apartment? Yes. What? I mean... Super no for they're... me. <laughs> no, well, you're an introvert. Yeah. I don't think Seth's an introvert. Them watching Jeopardy was super cute. His Jay's mom, I love her. I love that actor. I don't know. There's sometimes where I go to your parents and I don't want to leave. That's sweet. You were at my parents and you didn't want to leave. That's true. But, you know, but those are not our me, friends' parents. They didn't make me watch it pretty, though. No. Yeah. Anyways, your turn. So, my third accusation that does not contain anything to do with Kate Littlejohn or Susanna Flood is this week's theme, actually. The theme of this episode. The theme that I believe to be... The theme? Is... Family. So... To begin with, the title of this episode is One Big Family. If that wasn't enough of a hint. If that wasn't enough of a hint. But also, Kate talked about the fact that the justice system is one big family. The judge, the jury, the people, the lawyers. They're one big family. We also get to see the family that is the prosecutors and the defenders. They literally meet up together like when Sandra's going to see Kate in her office and Ted's there and Allison is there and Seth is there and Roger is there and Roger literally says, well, isn't this one big happy family? And everyone's like, no, no. <laughs> like you always do with your family. You're like my family. They literally scatter off. Ugh. There's also Seth and Jay and Jay's family. We get to see Seth integrated into Jay's family. Right. There's also Jay and his own family in general, and the fact that Jay still lives with his family. But now he's moving out. He is moving out. But he's making a new family with Seth. Right. And we get to see them all at the end of the episode, every single one of them, all together. Donald's there. You know, they... You choose your family. We see Donald and his family. You make your family. You see Donald and his family. You see the little girl and her family, and the impact that... The judge had on those children. those children and their family members, the things he took away from them. We also even get to hear about the judge's family a little bit, you know? And how one judge went against another judge, which is Parent. a family. Yeah. So I believe that this episode's theme is family. I think you're right. Though, you thought there was another theme, though. I talked about it. You did it challenge already. me. I talked about it already. But do you know what? We are family. Okay. Well, I believe I am done. I am done as well. So we did sick accusations. Notes. Notes and addendums. Anything else that has yet to be discussed? I have one. Uh, So I will 
say that New Ted is a Ravenclaw because don't tell me he was not wearing a Ravenclaw cloak when they broke into that apartment. Go back and look. Wasn't and a cloaked. It was. It was just a jacket. It was a Ravenclaw cloak. No one will con- convince me otherwise. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I'll let you have that one. I'll I, let you have it. I'll I have another have note. So, if you notice, it's something I noticed, especially this episode, but I find that uh, the Defender's office, just by the lighting, we can know it's there. The lighting is much darker than when we go to the prosecutor's office. Prosecutor's very light. I think it's a way for them to distinguish between the two. Yeah. Or but does just... that mean that the defendants are on the dark side and the prosecutors are on the... No, but for me... Is that what they're trying to portray here? No, 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 I don't think so. I think, it for me, it would be a distinction, like a matter of distinction. It might also be that we spend more time with the defenders at nighttime. It's also, for me, it has, like, a tone of underdog, underground, underdog, like... Uh, mm, fair. Because they, they always say, like, we lose, but, you know, we fight kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I got that. Any more notes? I don't think so, no. Okay, so I have a few, actually. Like, many. All about Kate. Most of them involving Kate. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I do want to talk about the fact that Tina has been at 2J's house. Yeah. For dinner. That is amazing. Like, how did that conversation go down? Jay was like, hey, Tina, you want to come for dinner? And Tina's like, eh. And Jay's like, my parents would love to meet you. And she's like, okay. And she goes and... She's just treated exactly how we imagine Seth. We've seen Seth be treated. But do we know when their their relationship started? Because I'm not sure if Jay is the first connection to Tina. Or I if think, the parents knew her. No, I think we know that. No, I think we know that it just started with him working there. And no, because they knew each other before he started at the Defenders. I don't think it's... I'm not sure? sure. I don't know. No, I'm not certain. No, but. I'm sure they just... No, because I remember the conversation. She was like... What's your issue? And he was like, uh-huh. That tells me a lot about how the relationship yes. started. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I ship Allison and Leonard. Oh, yeah. I like that interaction. Me too. It, they're very... They seem to be on guard with each other a lot. I think it's because they come from similar backgrounds as in the fact that they both come from wealthy, prominent black families. So they seem to have their guards up around each other a lot, I feel like. It's also their different sides. But they, they have people in common. They do, which is also interesting. They seem to have good chemistry. Wait, they do. But everyone was paired up. Jay, Whitset, uh, Little Bell were together, and Allison and Leonard were together. It was a game of pairings. It was a game of pairings. Um, Kate turning up in Sanders' office. Uh, yes, please. What's and that? waiting there. And waiting. Like, how long was she waiting? I can imagine Kate waiting there for as long as she has to. And how surprised was she that Sandra was someone who was organized? Not at all. You think she was expecting an office like that? I mean, I don't think I think I don't think she was expecting disarray as to what it was. But you know, I don't think I, I don't think she would have commented on. Uh, she would have. That let me finish. I don't think she would have a comment for it being organized. But let's be real, it can't be as organized as her her office. So, you know, anything below par, doesn't matter. Right. 
Uh, I love how Kate does not wear heels ever. Ever. Is that a Susanna decision or a costume decision? I feel like it's Susanna's decision. I've only ever seen Susanna wear heels on the runway, on the on the red carpet. Well, I would say that Kate is deliberate and efficient and she would wear flats. But I can also see her wearing like little kitten heels or little boots with little pumps on them. A I don't bit know of a what raise, that means. But a little maybe. bit of a raise, you know. My wife obviously does not wear heels. Hashtag fashion. Um, taste like the rainbow. Firewood. Oh. Allison and Donald eating Sandra's cookies. I think firewood is a great taste. I don't actually. I think it's horrible. When we go camping, it tastes disgusting. The, what? It's all in my mouth. The smell of firewood is one of my favorite in the world. We literally die all the time. Like, but no, but you blows don't go into in the smoke. <laughs> you don't go in the smoke. No, but t- I, I, it smells nice. I don't want to eat it. <laughs> Obviously, they didn't mind though because they continued eating it. But, but I just like the fact that he was just like, tastes like firewood. And Allison was like, yeah, yeah. I like that bromance. Cookies in a tube. Bro TP. Did they foreshadow Sandra and Ted? Have they been foreshadowing yet for No, three, but they literally ended episodes? the scene with them sitting together. Yeah. Like, just sitting together. So what you're asking is, did they end an episode about Little, little Bell by crushing my heart? Yes, they did. See? Who ships it more? <laughs> me or Cat in? Cat in. We'll, we'll do a poll on the Twitter. Mm-hmm. Okay, I believe I am done with my notes and addendums. Now let's move on to petitions brought before the court. I shall go first. So, we have Sarah, who has a Twitter handle of 8 at 365 Paper Dolls. She says, episode feedback. This episode took me on a roller coaster of emotions. I think they balance the different storylines really well. Hearing the kids' stories nearly brought me to tears. It disgusts me that real cases of this have occurred and commend the show for bringing awareness to this. Sarah continues. On a happier note, Jay and Steph living together and watching Jeopardy. It was really enjoyable. Everyone playing cards together was really amazing and I hope we get more scenes like that in the future. I really enjoy your podcast and can't wait to hear your thoughts on the episode. That's kind. Well, Sarah, here are our thoughts on the episode. And we appreciate your Shout thoughts. Shout out. Yes, we appreciate your thoughts and your feedback. Also, let's go back to them playing cards. So my interpretation <laughs> of this is Kate is trying to make them play a game and they're just... N'importe quoi. Why? Which Ted, means... New Ted is just... New Ted is literally fun. just putting cards down for no other reason other than to piss... <laughs> Kate off and Kate is just like oh my god uh, at pigs wings 11 said will Jay and said become BFFs when they live together are they the new Sandra and Allison I mean nothing can beat Sandra and Allison I mean little bell can maybe but not the history no but I think it's going to be definitely interesting to and fun to see Jay and Seth living together watching Jeopardy hanging out Vera and Sam. Sam bringing over food. I'd be extremely disappointed if we did not revisit it. No, I think we will. We haven't seen Allison and Sandra living together a lot. yet. No. This we have? Season. She made cookie. This very episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At For the People... With two E's. With two, two. E's. Two. 
Sarah. Another Sarah. Another Sarah with an H. It was great. Jay and Seth being roommates and the party at the end was fabulous. I need more of these scenes. Little Belle! I don't think I will ever prosecute a public defender teaming up together as I like them. Me too. Because that's the best about them is that they team up. Yes, and they're on opposite ends and they team up to bring down a common cause. Right. Yes. Oh, I love them so much. And they, that hug was so genuine, I you know. Guys. Did you not see the look on Kate's face? She literally, like, rubbed Sandra's back. Like, yeah, we did well. Oh. <sighs> such a good pairing. People, thank you for sending your, your feedback. We appreciate that many of you reached out this episode. Yes, yes. And keep doing it. Keep doing it, yes. It, uh, it gives us a lot of uh, validation. And a lot of things. <laughs> no, it gives us a lot to think about. Do not hesitate to send us voicemail as well. Yes, yes, we would love to hear whether you have a better accent than I. So, last verdict. Overall appreciation of the episode. It was a good episode. I enjoyed it. I really don't have anything other to say that I really enjoyed it. I loved the Donald storyline. I loved that they gave us different views and they brought awareness to a situation I was previously not super informed on. Little Belle. I will say guilty of using a case that was informative and they used it the different ca- they used the different cases in ways that allowed me to see more of the characters develop their relationships uh, and uh, it had a little bit of everything I like about for the people. Mhm. So guilty of being great once again. Guilty of being great once again. Do you know there's only been one other TV show that I'm aware of that has done great episode after great episode after great episode after great season after great season and that is Wentworth you guys should check it out it is an Australian show Mm -hmm. I will add The Good Fight and The Good Wife I feel like they've been consistently great shows True. court adjourned where can we find where can the listeners find us on the internet my dear I'm on twitter at kwrite and you can also tweet us at TSG Podcast. I am at Insanity Glamour on Twitter. Don't ask me where it came from. It just happened. You can find us also at CoreTempArts.com. Uh, our Twitter is at Talking Shonda or, as Kay has said, at TSG Podcast. Uh, you can send us an email or a voice note at shondaland at cortemparts.com. Uh, my, well, the voicemail is 404-500-8785. Our Facebook group is Cortem Arts Podcasts. We are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts to leave five-star ratings and reviews. Uh, well, thank you and good night. We will see you all next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to an original Cortem Parts Network production. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.